Good evening. It's uh, good to have everybody out this uh, this Wednesday evening, this uh, uh, midweek uh, church service. I hope everybody's had a good week. I hope everybody's had uh, uh, a good Fourth of July. Got to spend some time with their family, and uh, hopefully everybody kept all their appendages. You know, so uh, we had to tell some of the kids we was with. It's like uh, they look fun, but uh, uh, they can be dangerous. But uh, but I appreciate you being here tonight, and I appreciate the good services we had Sunday. Uh, and like I say, it's just a blessing to be back here again tonight, uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us and just draw that much closer to him. Uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer, then we'll uh, get started in the service. Amen. Uh, Brother Derek, you mind praying for us? All right, let's turn over to page 314. You can keep your seat. I have found the way that peace men listen under Oh, rejoicing. 
All stand, page 271. <clears throat> I've wandered in the streets of night till Jesus came to me. And when the sunlight of his love made all my darkness flee. Sky and billows round me roll. However dark the world may be, I've sunlight in my soul. Fellowship, and we'll get to last.
Pray over the offering, please. announcements uh july 6th which is tomorrow ladies meeting uh they're going to have the bible study in the fellowship hall at 11 o'clock so uh if you're part of that please be here uh july the 9th is homecoming uh remember no sunday school no night service uh but definitely bring some food so we can eat after the service uh so we'll have a gold city here as well uh july 22nd the back to school crusaders for christ the uh, batch we're having uh please remember that and officer's conference on August the 2nd. If uh, you're interested in a position or want to uh, drop a position or whatnot, uh, please see Brother Terry and myself. And uh, right after service, the uh, uh, paper we've been filling out on Wednesday nights is in the pastoral's office. All right, thank you very much.
this longing in my heart for his appearing I'll gladly leave behind these trials here below for this journey your home just any day now our Lord is coming he'll be returning for you and me oh I've been watching and I've been waiting Picks me up, wipes off my 
Amen. If you've got your Bibles tonight, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. Book of Matthew, chapter number 6. While y'all are turning there, I'd like to say uh, it's good to be saved. Amen. Um, it's good to be in the house of God. Amen. It's good to be in church tonight. Uh, they're saying that as small as I am, I, uh, David said, uh, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Uh, I mean, God and his greatness and the Lord and his grander and grander, th- you know, scheme of things and just uh, as big as the universe is, the God of heaven can look down from heaven and look in your heart and see exactly what you stand in need of. You understand? We live in a, a society that's almost, I mean, really, it's unfortunate that most time it's a dog-eat-dog world and uh, you better get yours while the getting's good. You're just one uh, step on the on the corporate ladder to somebody's going to use you to get up that much higher, but... But not the God of heaven, because he can look down and say, hey, you might not think anybody's thinking about you, uh, but I sure am. Uh, the Bible says that we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Amen. Uh, I could see every conceivable uh, thing, the why we would love him, but why on earth would he love us? It, it still blows my mind. I can read this Bible uh, from one side to the other and back and forth, Brother Terry, and I still can't figure out why he would want to love somebody like me. Amen. Uh, as small as we are, yet the Lord in heaven still loves us, and I thank Him for it. I thank Him for it. I appreciate you uh, being here tonight, and uh, just that's, that's encouraging, and I know it's Wednesday night, and uh, uh, Wednesday night right in the middle of the week, and uh, it's just, uh, sometimes it's hard to get here, and just the uh, drudgeries of the day, uh, but I sure do appreciate you uh, coming in tonight, and uh, being with us, and I'm going to preach just uh, for a little bit tonight uh, uh, on a topic that's, uh, as I was preparing for it, it just kind of it grew, and there's no way on earth, I mean, y'all go ahead and take a breath, uh, there's no way on earth I can uh, get through all of it uh, by far, uh, because it's just one of those inexhaustible things, it just grows on you, uh, and that would be uh, that something of the church that's talked about more probably than anything, but it's probably practiced less than anything, uh, and that's prayer, and that's prayer. Uh, I, I mean, as I was studying this out, the Lord just convicted me on some things, and I was just like... Wow, I didn't realize that uh, I had gotten so slack. I didn't realize just uh, uh, some things about that. But I was like, you know what? Uh, We can all use a tune-up in our prayer life. Amen? Uh, We can all draw closer to God in our prayer life. You say, well, not me. Well, then, hey, you pray for me. Amen? That'll give you something else to do. But uh, but we're going to talk a little bit tonight about prayer. Uh, about prayer. I, uh, I was talking to Brother Tim after the service Sunday night, and he was bringing out some other points from the message Sunday night about being uh, faint, and he brought up that verse. It's Luke chapter uh, 18, verse 1. It talks about men ought always to pray and to faint not. To pray and faint not. If you study that verse, uh, those verses out in Luke chapter number 18, that's that uh, importunity that that widow woman had to be avenged of her enemy to that judge. It was a wicked judge, but that woman just kept on and kept on and kept on. And finally, he said, give her what she, give her what she wants, you know. Uh, I don't think we can bug God in that manner, but I don't know about you, but uh, the ones with kids in here, I'm not trying to give my kids any gratitude or give them an idea, but, you know, sometimes they're just like, hey, mama, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. And you're finally like, fine, just be quiet, go on, you know. I uh, hope I'm not the only parent that's ever done that. Uh, but I don't think God necessarily uh, does us that way because he's not just going to give us stuff to, to shut us up, but he's going to think about it first, amen. Uh, but, uh, but that's the, you know, that kind of uh, what got me started on this thought. That it said, men ought always to pray and to faint not. Ought always to pray and faint not. We're in a fainting day, but we ought to just continue to pray. Let's get into our verses. 
Uh, book of Matthew, chapter number 6, we'll start with verse number 5. And it said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Verse 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask of him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for uh, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory uh, forever. Amen. And so I know it's a, the, the subject that we're talking about. Y'all probably heard numerous, numerous messages about prayer, but that's one of those things I believe you can't hear too much about. Uh, because honestly, our flesh uh, doesn't like to pray. Our, it goes against our nature of our flesh. Uh, nobody that I know of, I mean, uh, I hadn't met any of the forefathers gone by or any of the great theologians gone by, but uh, most folks are not just saying, man, I can't wake up. I can't wait. I get up in the morning because, man, I can't wait to pray. You understand? I can't wait till it's lunch break. I can't wait to pray. I can't wait till I get to church because why? I can't wait to pray. I don't, I don't, I don't know if y'all might be like that. Y'all might be the exception to the rule, uh, but our flesh does not like to pray. Why? Because that gets us closer to the Lord. And our flesh doesn't want that. The devil doesn't want that. And if he can keep us from that... Uh, and, and then that's what he's going to do. I don't know about you, but I, uh, it seems like if you've got your mind and heart set on praying, uh, something just comes up. You get sidetracked really easy. I, I had intentions. I had good intentions. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, oh, phone rings. You know what I mean? You, heard, you hadn't heard anything from anybody all day long. And then all of a sudden that phone rings or this happens and the world falls apart. Uh, when you was just going to do, you just going to do some praying. You'd set aside some time uh, just to do some praying. But let's talk about it here tonight, just, just for a little bit. Uh, Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 21, and then he also referred to the, the scripture in Isaiah 56. He, Jesus said, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer. So the Lord God in heaven, he put emphasis on prayer. And if you ever notice that the Lord, when he prayed, when he prayed in public, uh, it was generally a short prayer. But when he prayed in private, it was a longer prayer. Amen. I mean, we can kind of pattern ourselves about those things. Uh, and he even talks about that in this chapter right here. But so let's look real quick at the purpose of prayer. Uh, the purpose of prayer. Prayer is not meant uh, to be seen or heard of men. Prayer is not to be seen or heard of men, but prayers to give us access to God. To give us access to God. Uh, these men right here in verses number 5 that we see that he talks about says don't be like those that stand on the street corner. They're just looking to be heard. They're not trying to touch the, uh, the, the heart of God necessarily. They're just trying to touch the ears of men. Uh, they're trying to puff themselves up and say look at me uh, how I'm praying. Look how spiritual, spiritual I am. It's not about getting a hold of God. And so that's the, one of the purposes of prayer. It gives us access to God. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 talks about let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Uh, bold. In other words, uh, church, we shouldn't just sit back and be like, well, I, I, I don't know. Can I? Should I? And that's another one of those amazing things that the God of heaven would say, hey, I want an interaction with you. I want to commune with you. I want to spend time with you. I know we're talked about in this. We're uh, trying to be charged to spend time with God. But that's, that's because God wants to spend time with us. 
I mean, really, that's amazing when you sit down to think about it. Uh, prayer gains us attention to God, and prayer gets us an answer from God. All these things in prayer that sometimes we just take for granted. Uh, we, we, and so many times in prayer, we just pray because uh, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, that we do it because it's a routine and it's not actually purposeful in our life. And we've all been guilty of that. We've all just said, well, um, and, and it, I, I got to bless my food. I, even in church, you know, I got to bless the offering. I got to say my opening prayer. And it's this tradition. And we're more or less saying those words as, as opposed to meaning those words and trying to be purposeful when we're trying to get a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ. What about this? What about the problem with our prayers? The problem with our prayers. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I've got a problem with my prayers. Uh, you know, you pray something, you pray something that seems like it never gets answered, or you pray something, and I don't know about y'all, but I've, I, you pray and it's like your prayers don't make it past the ceiling. Well, what about this right here? The Bible says in Psalm 66, uh, well, let me back up a second. Look at verse number 5. It says, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have the reward. So one of our problems of our prayers is these men right here, they're just wanting some acknowledgement. They're just wanting, look at me, look at my prayers, look at my, the wisdom of my words, look at the, the depth of my words. And they're, again, they're not seeking the things of God, they're seeking the acknowledgement of men, the affirmation of men. That'll get you nowhere with God fast. He said they have the reward. No doubt they had right there. They had some coming by on the street corner. And, and I believe I'd read that uh, they used to adorn themselves in these nice religious robes. And they would stand on the street corner and they'd pray these great prayers. And no doubt you'd have some of those people would come by and pat him on the back and be like, Golly, I bet he's a man of God. Did you hear that prayer? You know what? You're the only one that heard that prayer. Because God sure didn't. Talking about just some acknowledgement. What was he wanting? He was wanting recognition. So if you're just wanting recognition in your prayer life, that's a good way to cut off that flow, that continuity between you and heaven. What about this? Amiss. Turn with me, book of James. We're going to run through these. I was already told that the Braves are playing tonight, so I got to run on pretty quick. Amen. <laughs> I'll keep that the, the secret of that. So, but that's all right. Book of James. Book of James, chapter number four. Bible says in verse number three, says, Ye ask, and you receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your own lust. In other words, you're praying here, you're asking God. So you're praying, you're, you're, you're asking the Lord right here, but it says you ask amiss. In other words, why is that? Because you've got the wrong motives. You've got the wrong motives. So why is my prayer not, not being answered like I think it should be answered? Well, again, you look, check your motives. Is it because you're getting what you want? You understand? So many people think prayer uh, is, 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 well, I've got this, it's, the Bible's kind of like a genie. You know, if I rub this Bible just right, I'll get three wishes. All right, God, come on. First of all, wish number one, hope service ends soon. All right, we got that one. 
But y'all understand what I'm saying? It says you ask, and you ask amiss that you might consume it of your own lust. God knows your motive behind what you're asking. While you're down there praying, while you're down there kneeling, is it because, is your prayer life, is it praying to uplift God and have the will of God done in your life, or is it to feed your flesh? I have an aunt, I've heard her say in times past, she said, uh, <clears throat> she used to tell my mom, she'd ask my mom, she said, mom, she t- as her sister, she'd say, um, pray that I win the lottery. Just pray that I'd win the lottery. I promise I'll tithe. Just, 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 I just, 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 I'm thinking, you ain't tithing now. What makes you think you won't tithe when you got a million dollars? And you know what? She still hadn't won it, Brother Gene. So I, I don't know. Maybe she's asking a miss. I don't know. Maybe check her motives. But you pray, you ask a miss. Problem with our prayer. What about this right here? Psalm 66, 18. You don't have to turn there. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I'm just, we're, we, we got some other places to go, but just right here, you know, I'm just thinking a little bit like sometimes we have problems with our prayer life. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And I, I label that as attachment, that iniquity, that regard, that regard, that word regard means to hold on to. So if there's a sin in my life that, that I'm holding on to, God says, I can't hear you. And it doesn't, it doesn't say a big sin. It doesn't say a little sin. It says iniquity. So, so everybody in here probably has something that they lean to. Their flesh has leans to more than, say, somebody else. Uh, but if you're holding on to that sin or that iniquity more than you are saying, Hey, God, I want, uh, Lord, I want your will done in my life. I want your will done in heaven. Uh, Lord, can you please help me? Not that I might consume it or my own lust. Uh, and you're still holding on to that sin. God's like, Because if you've got something in your heart right there, then you say, Lord, Lord, I do love you. It's a struggle. Don't get me wrong. It's a struggle. But Lord, I just, when you're regarding something, you're holding on to the bones of both hands. Regarding the people in my heart. You can have all my life, but this one little thing right here. You know what? That ain't bothering nobody. Lord, doesn't nobody know about that. What did it say? If I regard iniquity in my heart. Who's the only two people that knows about your heart? You and the Lord. So it doesn't have to be some big open, great open sin. It's just something you and God know about. And we wonder why our prayer life is hindered. God said, you don't want to, if you just, you just set that aside, we could take out those spiritual ear. I could take out my spiritual earplugs and I could hear all that praying. Because that's what he wants to do. We, I mean, again, we can study this word prayer out, and I mean, there's, there's just, I mean, just tons of material uh, about what the Lord says about prayer and what it says in our Bible about prayer. But we're just talking about this one specific thing, and we'll get into some other things. But God in heaven here said, "Hey, I want to commune, I want to fellowship with you, and I want to answer your prayers. I want to be there for you and lead you and guide you. But you cannot regard iniquity in your heart." How about the problem of our prayer? What about this right here? Look at verse number six in our reading. Verse number six: the place of our prayer. But, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. The secret place. You're, you're just going to have to get along with God sometimes. 
There's a, there's a phrase I heard out there, I mean, I'd, I'd heard not too long ago, and it's always helped me because it keeps ringing in my ears, but it says, you always have time for what you put first. Always. You always have time for what you put first. And I've been guilty as the next guy that, I'm going to get it done, Lord, I'll get it done, I'm going to get it done, but by the end of the day, you keep pushing God to that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh back burner. You know, as Christians, we've got a big, long stove. We just keep pushing it back. And then you go to pray, and what do we do? Nod off. That's, that's not earnest prayer, is it? We give, what, we give God what's left of the day. But that secret place, and that secret place, I guarantee you, everybody in here tonight, uh, when they're alone with God, they're going to have a more earnest prayer than they are when they're open with the things of the congregation, are they not? Just like husband and wife, they're going to talk about some things when there's just them two uh, than it is with open with everybody else. And that's the way it is with the Lord. Lord, is you can just be open, you can be honest. Uh, you don't have to hide anything. You don't have to dial back anything. Uh, but you've got to make time uh, to get along with the Lord in that secret place so you can hear from God. It talks about the Savior's presence in the closet. It talks about the success of praying in the closet. It's overrated, or it's underrated, I'm sorry, so much just having that alone time with the Lord. That meditation, that talking with the Lord. That keeps that communication going, does it not? Who in here is husband and wife think they'll have a successful relationship if they never talk? The husband's like, man, it'd be great. I'm just kidding. I got too many laughs and chuckles on that. He shouldn't do that. How many, uh, how about this question? How many wives wish that the husbands would talk more? Not even an amen on that? Come on. Gene yep. <laughs> said I could. Amen. Thank you. But that's how, that's how it is with the Lord. The Lord's like, I wish you would talk more to me, not less. More, not less. And, and, and we know how rotten we are. And so sometimes I can't even stand myself. And so God in heaven wants to talk more to us and we ought to take every advantage and opportunity because you know what? Prayer in your life does nothing but improve your life. Talk about the pattern of prayer, verses 9 through 13. We'd read that. Verses 9 and 10 talks about the prayer is approaching God. Look at verse number 9. It said, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it, uh, as it is in heaven. Done in earth as it is in heaven. And so we see right here the, uh, the prayer in, uh, is approaching God. In other words, going to Him. And I'm, I'm thankful tonight uh, that God allows us to approach Him. You ever, you ever see those politicians, man, when they're, they're jockeying for your vote, you know, man, oh, they're shaking hands and kissing babies, but then after the election, they're like, who's that? No, I'm sorry, I ain't got time. Uh, there's something coming up, there's a bill fixing to be passed, uh, uh, Miss Senator, or whoever it is, and, and, you know, you just get a dial tone. You know, they have all their underlings on. Well, he'll get back to you, he's a very busy man. He wasn't busy to shake everybody's hand earlier, but now he's too busy to talk. I'm talking about the approachableness of the Lord. And right here, it talks about in our, in our reading, uh, approaching God. You have to approach Him in the right way. You, you, can't, you can't approach the Lord with a flippant attitude either. Hey, big guy in the sky. I know you up there, it's me again. Not who, not who, you wouldn't do a dignitary that way. And who's more important than God? You see what I'm saying? 
God, if you ain't going to show respect to God in heaven, you don't, then you don't deserve respect of an answer. To be honest with you. Amen. I ain't said you got to cross all your T's and dot all your I's just exactly right. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm talking about you ought to show God some reverence. For, you ought to show the Son of God some, some reverence. I mean, all He did was die on the cross for your sins. Prayer is asking God. Uh, Isaiah uh, 118, it says, Come now, let us reason together. He said, let's reason. Let's talk about it. I'm talking about prayer. Let's, let's talk about it. It is the usual rule with God to make us pray before He gives us anything. God, I mean, don't get me wrong. We like Ruth chapter 2. I like Ruth chapter 2. Uh, you know, if I, if I come back, we might preach on that. I mean, I, Ruth chapter 2 is a good chapter. But those handfuls of purpose. Hey, sometimes it just gives them handfuls of purpose. But sometimes he's going to ask, wants us to ask for things. Because if what happens if you're... If a, I'll go ahead and say it. If a parent continually gives her kid something. There you go. I didn't have to say it. Amen. Y'all knew it already. Look at that. Continually giving something. But God's going to say, hey, we're going to put a little... Let's see how bad you want it. Y'all's kids ever like, they, they, they think they want something or another, and then you kind of just hold off of it for just a second, and then, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, you come oh, did you want this? And they're like, no, I done changed my mind. You see, kids are fickle. People are fickle. God knows that. God's not going, hey, thanks be to the God in heaven. He hadn't given me everything that I asked for. Amen? Be in a world of hurt. Verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Notice right there, prayer is adoration of God. It's adoring God. Talk about prayer. Prayer may not get us what we want, but it will teach us to want what we need. One man said, Do not reckon you have prayed unless you have pleaded. For pleading is the very marrow of prayer. I'm talking about earnest. I'm, I'm trying to get to that next level. And believe me, when I was reading and studying this, I'm like, man, I'm so guilty of just kind of running through my prayer life and just kind of uh, just say, Lord, you know, it's, Lord, I sure do need your help. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. But I'm talking about a pleading, pleading prayer. We'll see that right here, uh, right here, uh, uh, talking about the power of prayer, the strength of service. Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 4. Book of Acts, chapter number 4. The book of Acts, chapter number 4, verse number 31, it says, And when they had prayed, they, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were filled uh, with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. The power of prayer. This power of prayer right here, we noticed that what was emphasized was being filled with the Holy Ghost and boldness. I don't know about you, but have you ever had a successful time in your prayer life? Uh, that's, when you, that, that, that's what, I guess, uh, determines, you, helps you get spirit-filled and will give you that boldness. When you're caught up on your prayer life, you're not as hesitant not to witness to somebody. You understand what I'm saying? You're not as hesitant as not to read your Bible. When you're caught up on that prayer life, you've got courage, you've got boldness. Why? Because, man, you've communicated with God, that relationship is right between you and God, and you as a Christian know that, hey man, this thing, I'm energized, I'm plugged in, my battery's full, amen, I, I can go and do the things that I wouldn't normally do when my flesh is in control, but right now I'm filled with the Spirit, walking.
walking in the Spirit, and I have boldness for the things of God. I'm talking about the power of prayer. James 5, 16 said, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you all realize some of the things we've read already? There's stipulations on having a proper prayer life. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This does talk about that pleading, fervency, intentness. I use kids for illustration a lot because honestly, I, I think God looks at us. Uh, we are His children, are we not? Yeah, we're, we're more mature than our children. Most adults are. I've seen some that's not, but you know. But y'all know the different cry of your child. Ones who's had kids, or y'all y'all even notice some kids. You've you've got dad, dad, dad. That's just aggravating, you know. And then you got, hey dad. Okay, they must want something. Then you've got, I'm not gonna holler in here, but you you, you get a scream that you know that's an emergency. I'm talking even in a crowded folks, you see what I'm saying? Where it looks like you're not paying of a bit of attention. You know, you're talking to so-and-so and also. But every one of every mama in here, every daddy in here would know the scream and the urgency of that child's cry and that, that, that moment of interaction between who, whatever it is they're doing, drops it like that to all your attention what is on that child. It don't matter where you're at. And see, that's that intentness. You hear that intentness of that cry of that child. I'm talking about that fervency of that, of that, of that child's cry. Hey, I need help now. Hey, I'm in, I, I'm in dire straits right now. And that's the kind of fervency that we need to get a hold of God. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, we shouldn't just be like, God, God, God. No, it's Lord, I need your help now. Lord, I got this situation now. Lord, please meet my need now. Lord, please help me. You know my need. That gets the Lord's attention. Because again, if we're going to approach it nonchalantly, then why do we expect God to just immediately answer that prayer? If it doesn't mean anything to us, fervently, then why should we think it means anything to Him fervently? Well, I'm His child. Hey, I, I, honestly, having kids helped me with my, my perspective on the things of the Lord a whole bunch. It's the same thing. Talk about that fervency, that power in prayer, uh, uh, the power that it takes, the fervency it takes, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Acts 12. Acts 12, verses. We'll read a few verses real quick. Verse number 5. Let's back up to verse number 4. And when they had apprehended him, he's talking about Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him in the four quarantines of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore, verse number 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God. What? The church. Prayer without ceasing. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, a light and shined in the prison, and smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and the chains fell off. We'll jump down right here to verse number 11. 
And said, so when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the people of the Jews. Verse 12. And when they had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. They were, they were still praying. The church was praying without ceasing. Then right here in verse number 12, many were gathered together. They were praying. That's that corporate prayer. We can have our, our uh, individual prayer, but right here we see some corporate prayer as a body, as an entity. In verse 13 it says, And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to, uh, to hearken named Rhoda. And when she saw and she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for the gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. In other words, this surprised her. Surprising prayer. We've had people praying and people praying, and now this prayer got answered, and they're all here like, no, that ain't, and just paraphrasing the rest of this, uh, no, no, that ain't Peter. Have you been praying for Peter? Isn't that amazing sometimes that the Lord answers our prayers, and we're surprised that God answers the prayers that we've been praying? No, no, that can't, that, that, that can't, that, that can't. What are you doing? That, you're not putting any confidence or faith in God. God's done sitting here and saying, hey, I know thou art weak and little of faith, so I'm just going to help you along and boost your confidence and answer this prayer uh, despite your lack of confidence. And when I answer the prayer, you're like, no, I don't know what happened there. It's coincidence. Isn't that how everything is? It's coincidence. I don't know about you, but I've had some things in my life that really surprised me that God answered before I finished praying those, in essence. But the Lord, I didn't, I didn't have to pray ten times. I didn't have to pray 15 times. It was like I, I really just kind of had a thought in my head about it and kind of just prayed that to myself a little bit and said, Lord, sure it would be nice of this or that. And then it just shows up. I'm talking about surprising prayer. Acts 16, we're not going to get into that, but Acts 16, verses 14 through 15, we're talking about the power of prayer. The power of prayer leads to salvation. Leads to salvation. Back to what we said at the very beginning, that importunity, that type of prayer. I've heard of time after time how a spouse would be praying for another spouse for 40 years, Brother Gene, did not give up and just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. And what they didn't know was the Lord just kept dealing with that heart. He'd bring those circumstances to come to pass in that individual's life and they'll give their life over to Christ and accept Christ as their Savior because of that one person's prayer or even a church. I've heard churches praying for particular individuals. It was decades but that praying. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. What that do? That, that build the confidence of that individual. Saying, man, people was... Hey, you mean, let me tell you, say, no, let me tell you how to keep church unity. That's to pray for one another. To pray for one another. It's hard to stay mad at one another if you were to walk up to somebody and be like, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. Yeah, well, I was kind of feeling snubbed at that person. I was kind of, you know, I mean, they just, what they said rubbed me the wrong way. You know how we get. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I just don't know about that. And the next thing you know, they walk up to you. Hey, you know what? Lord just laid, me on my, laid you on my heart. Just want to let you know I was praying for you. Hey, I'll go ahead and tell you this right here. If you are praying for somebody, let them know. That's encouraged that you thought, that they think that you let them know that you thought enough of them to pray for them. That's encouraging. You see what I'm saying? Because the devil's going to sit here and say, nobody cares, nobody likes you, it's all in vain, you keep on doing this Christian thing uh, for naught, nobody gives a, uh, anything for what I'm doing or what the situation I'm going through. Hey, just sit aside some time, put it in your prayer life, say, hey, uh, Lord, like this in, if you don't have nobody in your heart, at, pray to God to give them somebody, lay them on your heart, amen? You keep unity in church like that if everybody's praying for one another. You pray for me, I pray for you. Pray for me, you pray for you. It's, I'm telling you, it's hard to get mad at somebody praying for you. I, I was going to tell you what, 
four, I thought I was going to tell you thank you for praying for me. Tearing stuff up. Y'all pray for me. How about this right here? The promises of prayer. The promises of prayer. The measure of any Christian is his prayer life. It's where the battle's fought. If the devil can keep you off your knees, he's going to limit your power. He's going to limit your power as a, as a Christian. He's going to limit your power as a mom. He's going to limit your power as a, as a dad, as a grandparent. He's going to limit your power as a church. That'd be nice to be known as a praying church. That'd be nice to be known as a, man, he's not a preacher, but boy, he's a prayer warrior. He's not this or not that, but hey, if I could have anybody praying for me, I'd be them. I know people like that. Man, they, to the world's eyes, they don't look like much of anybody. But I'll tell you what, if you've got something in your life, you can just... Hey, nobody else, but I know you can get a hold of God. You could, you could be that kind of person, but it doesn't, it doesn't get there overnight. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't get that way overnight. I mean, you can start tonight and just sit there and pray and pray and pray and then get through to God. We're going to talk a little bit right here just saying I'm almost done right here. I wouldn't plan on being real long. Talking about the promises and the power of prayer. Matter of fact, whoever plays the piano on the Wednesday night, if y'all don't mind, come to the piano. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it, it shall be opened. It says, Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your, shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask of Him? Everybody in here wants to give their kids something good, don't they? Everybody in here. I mean, I'm talking about they get on your ever-loving nerves. You understand what I'm saying? You've had a long day. You've been wearing a ball down. Baby, Jesus, do what you want to do. Hey. Oh, you want to see them happy. Hey, yeah, they can be aggravating. You understand what I'm saying? But we can be aggravating to the Lord. Hey, but He still wants to see us happy. And right here, He gives us that presentation right here saying, Man, if you being a wicked know how to give good things to your kids, how much more? Uh, there is no sin in God, the righteous Father in heaven. Uh, how much more does He want to give to us who ask of Him? John 5, 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. 
And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. It goes back to what I was just saying. Lord, I don't even know that. I don't, I don't even know what I want. You pray, you get, you get a hold of the Lord, He'll direct your path. Say, Lord, help me to ask for the right things. And y'all know as well as I do, as your kids mature, does, 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 as they mature, the way they ask and the way they approach some things, is it not different? What they ask for, is it not different? And the closer we get to God and the more we delight ourselves in the things of God, our asking and our prayer life should mature with that. And God's saying, you couldn't have handled that before, but now you're walking with me, you're talking with me, that you're not regarding iniquity in your heart any longer. And so now I've got some things I had set aside for you because there's some things I've given my girls now that I would not give them when they were younger because they couldn't handle that. They was not mature enough for that. But as we, as we mature in the Lord and ask differently, He start giving those things. He says, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, what? He gives us the desires of our heart. Only that prayer which comes from the heart can get to God's heart. Only that prayer, church, that comes from the heart can get to God's heart. If it's gonna be, if it'll be all right, this is how I want to close this out. Because I believe we can all pray more. If it'd be all right, Brother Terry, I'm just gonna have the whole church stand. If everybody would just come to the altar. If you would, just keep 